Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What do you think? Anything to talk about tonight, Ryan Talbot? We're just going to get right into it here at the jump here because I got to tell a little bit of a story. You texted me earlier today. We were kind of starting planning out our night. One of our uh, our podcast uh, uh, audio guy, he texted me and said, hey, what time are you going tonight? And I'm like, I got to be honest with you, man. We're kind of just waiting for something to happen. So I don't really know if we're going to go tonight. We got the Jarek McKissick thing we could talk about. Um, then the Jordan Billups thing happened. I thought, okay, we could talk about that maybe. And then... Boom goes the dynamite because I was outside playing some uh, one-on-one uh, uh, hoops with my son, uh, which, by the way, he beat me two out of three games. I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> I come back in. I was about eight minutes behind. The Schefter bombs were flowing. The Bills now have Von Miller uh, after missing out on Chandler Jones earlier today. We'll find out more about like how much you know they were in the mix for that. But Ryan Tablet, from the, from the jump here, let's get right into it. First thoughts on this on this move. They land the pass rusher that they needed, that they've needed for a few years now, the difference maker. Uh, listen, they were in on multiple pass rushers. We know this. We we know that they were in on Chandler Jones. We know that they were in on Emmanuel Agba, but they land Von Miller. And it's funny because leading up to the signing, the Bills really weren't mentioned among the names for Miller. So kind of came out of nowhere in terms of this offseason. But we do know that the Bills were in on him at the trade deadline. They They wanted to trade for him at that point in time. A couple of things to kind of peel back here. Uh, this is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Welcome in to the show. And we're also, as always, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Uh, whether you're celebrating this move at home today, uh, you know, or away, wherever you are, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. Let's start off with what this means on the field because and, and who Von Miller is at this stage of his career. Ryan, the funny thing about it is, you know, there's some members of, you know, Bill's mafia, you know, as you're talking through a move of this magnitude, talking about a guy that's about to turn 33 years old and you're handing him over 
you know, from the outset, it looks like a six year, $120 million deal. It's essentially a three year, 50 ish million dollar deal. That's the guaranteed money. There's probably outs after that. I'd imagine that the first year salary cap hit is probably a little bit lower than that 17, 18 million dollar, uh, average annual. But this is a guy that between two teams last year in Denver and, uh, the Rams, he had, uh, five, uh, nine and a half sacks. He had five sacks with the Rams, four and a half with Denver. And you start to wonder, okay, what player are you getting? Are you still getting that, you know, future Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Pro, four-time first-team All-Pro Von Miller? Well, I'll tell you right now, Ryan, he's coming off of a game where if you wanted to have your final game of a season going into free agency, you know, you want to have your best game. Von Miller had it. He had two sacks, had two tackles for a loss. This is a guy that brought it in the biggest moment of the season. And so, yeah, I mean, there's got to be question marks about that. But you talk about the strength and conditioning program they have in Buffalo, the way they're able to keep guys fresh and healthy and on the field for the most part in this building, that piece of it. And the fact that because he's coming to a situation, I bet you this was one of the reasons Miller liked, you know, this landing spot. The Bills don't really ask their to play 70, 80, 90% of the snaps. You can maybe get, you know, bring that snap count down a little bit for Von Miller. Let him mentor Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, and, and really let him kind of free and, and a little bit lesser of a demand to his body. Yeah, that, that's a huge thing for someone that's over 30 years old. You, you want to make sure that he can stay fresh throughout the season. You mentioned the strength and conditioning. You mentioned how healthy this team has been for the last few years. All of that factors in. Uh, but it also has to factor in to the fact that, one, the Bills already had one of the top defenses in the league, and this was just like that missing piece to really mm-hmm. take them over the top. And two, uh, I, I think that Von Miller in his head is thinking, you know what, you know, maybe I haven't been a, a 10 plus sack guy these last few years in the regular season, but I'm going to go to a spot where our team's going to have the lead a lot with Josh Allen and this passing attack. Uh, and I'm going to be able to pin my ears back and get after the quarterback late in games. And that might, that's also something that's appealing to a, a pass rusher, someone that likes to take the quarterback down. So there's a lot of reasons why Buffalo made a lot of sense. And obviously three for 53 with what, 32 million guaranteed. That doesn't hurt either. Uh, but coming to a Super Bowl contender, being on the cusp of maybe winning back-to-back Super Bowls after he just won one with the uh, Rams, that's big for Von Miller too. So let's get into the next layer here, which is like the journey to this spot and kind of set up how this took place. I, I There's been some really great reporting on this, you know, ga- dating back to the NFL combine. If you remember right around that time, Mike Giardi from NFL Network put out that there were two high profile defensive players that had reached out to the Bills. Well, it appears that one of those p- players was Von Miller. Albert Breer had a great report today. Uh, he basically said that Von Miller's camp reached out to the Bills early on in the process. They wanted to make sure that they knew that he wanted to come to Buffalo. And guess, lo and behold, what the number one reason was, Josh Allen, uh, of course. Uh, You you get to today and seeing Von Miller, you put up a post about Von Miller, you know, uh, his video on Instagram, talking about how tough this decision was for him. He just won a Super Bowl in LA. I mean, living out in LA, you know, getting kind of like similar money, even if maybe the guarantee wasn't as high, it sounds like from Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic that the the Rams wanted him back. Sean McVay put in a call to him apparently, uh that's reporting from Ian Rappaport, you know, trying to pull on his heartstrings a little bit and say, "Listen, we just won a Super Bowl. Let's run it back. Come back. You have Aaron Donald on this line." And like 
Von Miller still picked the Bills after all all of that, even knowing how much the Rams wanted him back. They give up draft capital to get him. I think, Ryan, if you go back to the trade deadline, I think I remember a report, and your your pretty your memory is pretty much better than mine in, in these cases, right. but there there I think there was a report that the Bills were had at least put in a call on Von Miller when that trade stuff was happening. And if that's the case and you didn't land him, and I know it probably, you know, if you can make the argument, if you're a Bills fan wanting to move at the deadline, maybe that puts him over the top. Maybe that gets him to the Super Bowl. Who knows? But you didn't have to give up those draft picks. And now you're sitting here uh, on the other end with a roster ready to win with a young quarterback, a talented quarterback. And now you have Von Miller and you didn't have to give up any picks. Yeah, you, you don't lose the two and the four that uh, the Rams lost to acquire him. Mean, now, mind you, I say lost, but they won a Super Bowl. So I, I'm sure that they're not mm-hmm. going to be crying over losing those two picks. Uh, but the Bills ultimately get him this offseason. They, they obviously pay him that hefty sum. But like I've said, this is what this defense has lacked. Even when you go and look at some of these big AFC games, the, the Bengals and the Chiefs, when the Bengals were rushing three, it was because they had one really good pass rusher on that line going after Mahomes, and and then they were dropping eight back there to play coverage. The Bills can kind of, you know, they can do that now. They can, or they they can keep it really simple up front and play coverage against a team like the Chiefs. If they get to the Super Bowl, they have a lot of options there too. So this is a move that shows they're all in now. They're all in for these next few years. Uh, you mentioned him wanting to come play with a guy like Josh Allen. Everything's kind of coming together now. You're seeing these premier players want to come to Buffalo. It, it, Ten years ago, we never would have been talking about something like this. It feels like we never would be talking about something like mm-hmm. this, but that's what the star power of Josh Allen does, and this puts the Bills firmly in the driver's seat in the AFC, in my opinion, even though the AFC West obviously got a lot tougher this offseason as well. That's something I want to talk a little bit about, too, the AFC West here and how this, you know, this move is is interesting, um, but before we do get to that, and remind me if I forget, Scott Maranto has a good question here on on uh, on YouTube. But he asks if, if if are we sure Von Miller's agents received a matching offer? No, I, I don't want to give that. Uh, there's not enough reporting on that yet. The details will come out in the next couple of days. I did see uh, a tweet from Jordan Rodriguez that said that they were comfortable in that seventeen million dollar average annual salary range. You know, who knows? Maybe they weren't comfortable giving this kind of deal. This is a massive deal. And it's funny. I got to kind of take an L a little bit here, Ryan. I, I came out after the Chandler Jones news and I said 17 million per season for Chandler Jones, who's younger than Von Miller. I just didn't think the bills were going to do this. So I was wrong and, and I'm perfectly comfortable admitting that. But I'm wondering, sitting here analyzing this move before we get a chance to talk to Brandon Bean. He kind of warned everybody a couple of weeks ago, don't expect any splash moves. And then maybe mm-hmm. he was just kind of trying to throw people off the uh, off the scent a little bit. But I also did want I do think that this is something that it's got to it's got to work for both sides. Right. And this is a big swing. But maybe you get to this this point and maybe the bills are willing to go all in. But maybe there's hesitation on the uh, on the, the bill side that maybe the player doesn't want to sign up for, you know, coming to Bills, like coming to Buffalo. You know, he's played out in L.A., Ryan. That in and of itself is a massive story. Like you were mentioning, players wanting to play in Buffalo. That's really something else. Yeah, it, it's huge. And mind you, the uh, the majority of his career has been in Denver. It can get pretty cold there in Denver. They can get a lot of snow there. So uh, he is used to some of these conditions that he's going to be coming to. But you're right. You, you leave a situation where you're the Super Bowl champions. You have one of the best offensive minds in coaching in Sean McVay. 
Uh, you have one of the best receivers in the game in Cooper Cup, one of the best all-time defensive linemen uh, in Aaron Donald, and the kind of the list goes on and on there. Th- there is a lot of talent there. There's a lot of reason to believe that they could have uh, been a repeat Super Bowl champion or in the Super Bowl for the second straight year with all that talent that they have, and they still could. Uh, but Von Miller is w- now one of those pieces that has moved on, and, and they lose Andrew Whitworth. So they're not running it back exactly. Uh, and Von Miller kind of showed ultimately at the end of the day, he thinks that maybe the future is just a little bit brighter in Buffalo when you look at some of the pieces that they have, uh, that they've developed, that they've signed over the time, and, and the fact that maybe in this uh, AFC you're going to have a lot of competitive teams. Yes, across the board there's probably seven or eight really good teams, but the Bills can hold their own against any of them. There's always a Super Bowl hangover, Ryan. I mean, even the Patriots during their dynasty, it was always tougher the next year. And I can't remember, were, was there one instance where they won back-to-back titles? I feel like there was, yeah. I think I, there might have been one. Confident. It's hard to do. And, you know, you're going into, you saw some of the limitations to that roster. I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be a year older. Matthew Stafford's going to be a year, year older. What's going on with, with uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? What's going on with Cooper Cup? That dude had a ton of targets this season and catches and uh, his body beaten up. I mean, you know, sustaining that after reaching the mountaintop is tough. And I feel like Von Miller, he's doing the perfect thing here. He's kind of joining uh, a squad on the come up that's massively hungry that wants to run it back that has another kind of off season to chew on a very very you know hard pill to swallow because they were right there if 13 seconds doesn't happen you know most people are talking about the bills potentially going to the super bowl and winning it so there's that too i want to switch gears here a little bit because we've talked so much i think this was the angst that i felt in in bills twitter over the last 24 hours was watching all of these teams kind of go out and make big time moves. I mean, the Chiefs didn't really do uh, a ton. They, they, Chiron Matthew out, Justin Reed in. I think that's an interesting kind of dynamic. What happens there? They restructured Frank Clark. They're keeping him in the mix. So I guess addition by addition, if you will, uh, they don't, they don't lose him, but. Everywhere else you look in the AFC West, the Chargers loading up on defense with Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, uh, re-signing Mike Williams. Then obviously Denver, uh, Russell Wilson. I think Denver was probably in the mix for for Von Miller. He he spent most of his career there, and they just traded for Russell Wilson. Maybe that's an exciting, uh, enticing place for him to land. And then obviously what the Raiders have, have done, Chandler Jones, adding him to the mix there. That's a massive signing. These teams are going to be beating up on each other, Ryan. Mm. I tweeted it out. You know, Chandler Jones got – it's kind of like a a nice uh, part of this deal is that he gets all that guaranteed money uh, because he's probably going to be coming in fourth in that division for the next four years. They're that loaded in the AFC West. And the Bills are sitting pretty, if you will, in the AFC East with the Patriots sitting on their hands. The Dolphins doing some good things, but they still have two attack of Iowa quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, first and foremost, AFC West, uh, they're going to beat up on each other. And, and the Raiders on paper are, are the worst team in that group. But, you know, never say never in terms of where they're going to finish. Uh, Cars had some really good games, some competitive games. I've added some talent on that team. Uh, and, and to Chandler Jones's credit, he's rejoined. He's joining back up with uh, Patrick Graham, who was his coach in uh, New England, I believe, early in his career. So there were, there were reasons for that. But you know, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Bills would have landed him or, or if they would have 
uh, landed Ogba, if he would have hit the market. The Bills are out there on the hunt trying to find the right fit. And, and like you mentioned, Von Miller was the one that came to them and said, hey, listen, I, I'm interested. I, I want to play with Josh Allen. I saw how well you guys played, and you're right. It all goes back to that 13 seconds. It left a bad taste in, in Buffalo's mouth. I'm sure it left a bad taste in Sean McDermott's mouth and Brandon Bean's mouth. And how do you fix that? You know, one player doesn't fix a, a time management issues, play calling at the end of a game, but it puts you in a spot where you can get back there and you can learn from that mistake and you cannot let that repeat itself over again. You can only, uh, you can rush through and you can play more coverage. You can play things differently now with Von Miller, get after the quarterback, maybe not even find yourself in a situation like that again, late in a game, something where he could seal it and help seal a game earlier than, than uh, it has been in, in last year against Chiefs. So, there's a lot of positives to signing someone the caliber of Von Miller. You know, I think the biggest winner for me in this Von Miller deal, and I think he he said it best on Instagram, quote unquote, uh, well, goddamn, <laughs> Ed Oliver. <laughs> uh, we talked about him being a winner from the interior uh, additions earlier in the week, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones. But I think bringing a, a guy that commands the attention that a Von Miller does, I mean – you're talking about one half of, you know, this equation being the improvement on the interior that potentially is going to take place. Now, there's still some, 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 uh, some pieces that kind of got to fall here over the next couple of days. Uh, we are reporting, you are reporting that, uh, Jordan Phillips is, that's going to be official tomorrow. He is going to be back in the mix after getting released by the Arizona Cardinals. That is huge as like the fourth guy. On the rotation on the inside, I think that probably means the Bills are going to put together a plan to move on from Starla Tula, I would imagine. I don't know if they're going to bring five guys to camp. They paid Daquan Johnson quite a bit. It ended up being two years, $14 million. Um, And then Settle, who is that guy that I think is going to be the perfect rotational backup to Ed Oliver. I think Ed Oliver now, everywhere he looks on this defensive line, there is just gobs and gobs of talent. And this could be the year he just absolutely goes off. And it's lucky for the Bills that the, the salary cap is about to skyrocket because I think Ed Oliver potentially could be cashing in big time next uh, next offseason. Off yeah, when you see the players are going to be next to him, the players are going to be rotating in, the, keeping him fresh. Uh, guys on the uh, like Von Miller who are going to – maybe make the quarterback step inside and then kind of go right to Ed Oliver. Oliver could be the biggest winner of all of this. Yeah, Jordan Phillips, you know, obviously released earlier today uh, by the Arizona Cardinals, the team that he signed with when he left the Bills uh, after two really strong seasons in Buffalo. Uh, goes out and he, and he pretty much posts about it right out of the gate about returning to Buffalo. But yes, I, I was told by multiple sources, it's happening. He's returning to the Bills. So to those in the comments, it has not been made official yet, but I feel really good with the sources uh, and what they've told me. I just checked uh, Instagram before we started the show. He was sharing the news about Von Miller signing with the Bills. Uh, he shared it. One of the his teammates or soon to be teammates on the Bills uh, talking about how they, you know, pretty much excited they are about him coming back. It's happening. Patience. Uh, they're not going to announce every single move tonight, and they're not going to necessarily have it tonight. Uh, but it's happening. It's going to happen unless some. You know, I'm not even saying unless it's going to happen. Boom. Boom. There you go. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to watch how the defensive line plays out the rest of the way, because, you know, I do think that there's mutual interest and in maybe a really affordable deal for Shaq Lawson too, getting him back in the mix. And what does that mean? If you get a, if you get a Shaq Lawson back on like a vet minimum, 
because it's been a bad two-year run for Shaq Lawson. I don't think he's going to get crazy money anywhere. And, and by crazy money, I mean as much as two, two and a half, three million. I think that's even too much for what he's going to get right now. So if that's the case, if you could get him back on like the veteran minimum, I think maybe you can kind of go to camp and say, listen, Boogie Basham, AJ Appanessa, you're playing for that other edge rotational spot. The loser gets traded for a day three pick. I, I almost feel like you could, you can kind of, I don't think Boogie's going to get traded, but maybe, maybe that could be AJ Appanessa where if you don't win that spot out of camp, you know, you can kind of start to move some pieces around because they have a they have a chance here, Ryan, to really, you know, do what Brandon Bean has talked so much about. You build at the, you know, Sean McDermott says the tip of the spear, right? But building at the line of scrimmage, this defensive line has the potential to be scary good. I think Jordan Phillips to me is like a it's like a luxury. It's a value signing where you bring in a guy and that had nine sacks in this defense. He knows the system. He's gonna come in and be ready. He can have he can operate on less snaps, keep his body right. Nothing about the Jordan Phillips part of this whole equation is bad from a Buffalo standpoint. No, 100%. Uh, you, you nailed it. Listen, he he played himself into a really big contract after his two seasons in Buffalo, and kudos to him for that. At the time, the Bills just couldn't kind of match that salary. And things didn't work out in Arizona, and, and the Bills are going to benefit from that. And, he's you know, he'll come back into the fold. You said it. He fits this defense. He's played well in this defense. Uh, to the Shaq point, you know, he's he has come out and said he's trying to get his way back to Buffalo. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, not necessarily. But I think maybe at the end of the day, the Bills can say, listen, we can sign you to that vet minimum deal like you mentioned, Matt, and you can compete for a roster spot, not make him any promises, not guarantee him a role on this team, but fight for that spot. And if this is something that he really wants, if he really does want to make his way back to the Bills, he might sign up for that and compete in camp. And, and then you're right then that could push someone off the roster, one of these younger players, maybe a younger player that another team had a high grade on and thinks maybe they he fits their scheme better. And you can get a, a day three pick for uh, someone that was taken on day two of the draft. It's not ideal, but that's how business works in the NFL. Teams give up on, on prospects earlier and earlier now. Uh, they don't have the patience necessarily to wait for them to, to develop and competition You know that breeds success. It brings out the best in everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in here on this Wednesday night. A, f- a free agency is officially uh, happening at this stage. Uh, four o'clock it opened today. The tampering period is always so much fun as like moves are kind of uh, being announced left and right, but they're not really official. And we saw, you know, today an instance of where uh, a, a move seemed like it was all set up. And before you know it, uh, the player pulls out. Uh, you actually had this report as well earlier today that J.D. McKissick, who had agreed to a two-year deal with the Bills, pulled out of that deal once Washington was willing to match it, the two-year $7 million deal that the Bills gave him. And so that's a nice little offensive weapon uh, that you know I wrote a lot about today at the site. I, I put up my five thoughts on a grade. I had the grade <laughs> as uh, as an A. I put a lot of time and effort into that Ryan Talbot, and I had to put the little uh, – a little edit line in there saying, well, actually, J.D. McKissick is going back to Washington. So disregard all 900 of these words below. <sighs> yeah, that, you know, that's the frustrating part. And that, that's the part of being in this. You hear something, you have to kind of sit on it, you kind of have to wait. Uh, and, and I almost feel bad for J.D. McKissick, too, because he never wanted to leave Washington, but there was never an offer from them originally. Mm. The Bills make their offer. Go to the team then and say that go back to Washington and say, Hey, here's an offer from Buffalo. Here's an offer uh, that we received. What do you think? 
that happens, they match it. There's there's never any reports of the Bills agreeing to terms with him. It's he's never kind of put in this awkward situation where he has to kind of back away. And listen, it's legal tampering. You're allowed to do it. He didn't do anything wrong. But I think it's a situation that could have been averted altogether. Uh, instead, the terms get leaked because everyone's announcing agreed to terms, two years, $7 million. And all of a sudden, Washington says, well, wait a minute. We could have done that. Why didn't we well, you get a chance to match it? He hears about it and he wants to go back. He has family there. He has ties. He enjoys himself there. And I'm not trying to bash Washington, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. Buffalo is. Sometimes, though, players are okay with being comfortable more than maybe competing for those Super Bowls. I know he said there's unfinished business there. I don't see much unfinished business in Washington in terms of yeah. uh, competing for a Super Bowl. Maybe it, maybe it's going back to the you know NFC East champions. I guess that's in the realm of possibility, but that's not a, a Super Bowl caliber roster there. And he's just comfortable in Washington at the end of the day. So I can't fault him too much. I just think that that whole scenario... Uh, could have been avoided, and I I do feel for the player in this scenario. Here's something to kind of add into this, um, and don't worry, we're going to get into O.J. Howard. We're going to get into some things uh, on this episode of Shouty Buffalo Football Podcast uh, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. From hot-to-go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs, delicious salads, brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. You know, the funny thing about McKissick is – there's this level of, you know, when you're breaking down what he brings, like I wrote about it in, in that story I mentioned about the the yards after catch, like his yards after catch just last season would have led the Bills more than Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, all of them. And and so that's, first of all, that's alarming, I think, from a Bills standpoint. You want that to kind of increase a little bit, but also adding that into the offense, you know, that would have been a, a nice little addition, especially in that role. But if I'm J.D. McKissick, here's something I got to thinking about as the day went on. If I'm looking at the at the situation in Washington where you were already kind of stealing snaps away from Antonio Gibson last season in Washington, it was a, it was a good situation. They were, you know, Washington blew up yesterday, fan base, media. Like, how do they let McKissick go at this number? And if he's looking at this deal and he's like, yeah, listen, joining that Buffalo offense, Josh Allen, you know, heck yeah, that sounds great. There's not a lot of opportunity in this offense. And if they get in a place where they, they, you know, the run game struggling and they got to go back to featuring Devin Singletary primarily where that's when their offense was going its best at the end of the season, where, how's JD McKissick getting on the field? And so I wonder from that standpoint, unless he's going to take over that role and you're going to, you're, you're not going to lean on him as a runner, Ryan, he's not big enough. He's not that every down guy. And I think what Devin Singletary kind of showed a little bit more as the season went on is that he can pop a little bit as a pass catcher. There was, there's one touchdown reception that he had late in the season. And I thought, man, he caught it. He made a guy miss. He broke a tackle and he scored a touchdown. You need a little bit more of that. I just wonder if J.D. McKissick's sitting there looking at the, the situation and saying, Josh Allen runs a lot. Josh Allen throws a lot and they want him to probably throw more because that's when the Bills are at their best. And then Devin Singletary is the established guy. I don't know if I could crack that if they go back to him being the featured guy. I Listen, $7 million in over two years, the Bills probably had a plan for McKissick. I'm just saying, in terms of situations, I could kind of see if he maybe thought he had a better path to playing time with Washington. Yeah, in terms of snaps, most likely in Buffalo, he mm-hmm. probably would have been a third down back. He would have been in the obvious passing situations. He's a solid pass blocker. He, he was really good catching the ball, like 123 receptions over the past two years. Really came into his own in Washington. Uh, and he did average over four yards per carry the last, th- I think, three years. 
Uh, but he, he's not someone that you want to give a bulk of carries to. I'm not sure he's ever even had 100 carries in the season. I think 80-something was his highest when I was researching him. Uh, so he's talented. I'm not trying to write him off, but you're right. Maybe a fit is uh, part of the issue at the end of the day, saying what opportunities am I going to get in Buffalo compared to Washington? Um, how many targets am I going to get here? He's not going to get 100-plus targets like he had two years ago in Washington, that's for sure. Um, so at the end of the day, though, you move on from it. The Bills can find another back to be that third down back. They can add someone in the draft. There's options to be had. Would he have been a nice extra asset to the offense? Absolutely. No one's saying otherwise, but it's just not in the cards. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. So Von Miller signs for big money. Uh, the Bills also signed OJ Howard. He signed a couple of defensive uh, tackles yesterday. We're going to get into all that. But before we get into, you know, OJ Howard, I want to talk about something that's kind of hanging out there right now that I think I'm kind of surprised that it's not done yet. Cole Beasley's still on this roster, Ryan. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I am. I believe that he has a bonus coming up here pretty soon, too. I don't think, I'm not sure if it was the first day of the league season or if it was like the 20 I want to say with the 20th is in my mind uh so time's a ticking in terms of what they're going to do with Cole Beasley but with all these contracts with all you know the money that's being spent the fact that yes Brandon Bean said he's keeping the door open nine times out of ten when a player requests a trade ends with that player either being traded or being released not sure what kind of market there is uh, for Beasley, but I think sooner rather than later, the, the shoe is going to have to drop on that story. So still a little bit surprised that he's on this roster, but maybe the bills are holding on as long as possible because as these pass catchers start getting signed left and right, they can kind of wave them out there and say, listen, six, you know, 6 million or how, however much he's under contract, you know, he's durable, you know, you can use him out of the slide. He's going to be effective. Maybe they're just holding on to hope that they can still get that late day three pick at some point. I think that there's probably some tension in the relationship, you know, on both sides of it. Like, you know, I'm sure Cole Beasley probably doesn't want to play in New York anymore. Uh, you know, that's something that I've kind of heard through the grapevine about a couple people uh, associated with the bills that maybe are no longer here, that getting out of New York state from a, you know, political or, you know, obviously everything around the COVID situation. Uh, you know, he goes back to Texas before long, he goes back to the bills and says, you know, uh, can I seek a trade? Obviously on his end, it seems like there's, you know, wanting out. Right. And then from the bills perspective, the tension there might be from just, just having to kind of put up with the situation all year where, you know, you kind of come to camp and you say, let's put this on the back burner. Let's everybody just focus on football. And before long, you know, he's putting out rap singles and tweeting out storms of stuff and it becomes this whole situation. And so I do think that there's, there's tension there, but at the end of the day, Cole Beasley and Josh Allen are very, very close. I think what he potentially can mean in this offense is not lost on Brandon Bean. And what, that's why I think he's kept the door open. And so I'm not closing the door completely on him, on, on him not finding a market out there, right? If he gets cut, right? And he, and he ends up getting whatever it was guaranteed to him, um, whatever is it, $3 million. If he can't get that on the open market that would get him up to what he's at now, maybe he kind of sits back with his people and says, okay, they just traded for, they just signed Von Miller. They're making all these, these kind of additions. Maybe I come back in a, in, in a lesser role restructure my contract like I don't 
Is that out of the realm of possibility or am I just talking crazy here? <laughs> no, not, nothing's out of the realm of possibility. I would personally be surprised. I think uh, both sides might be ready to move on from one another. You mentioned a lot of, from the Beasley side. I think the Bills are probably frustrated internally a little bit in terms of the amount of fines that he racked up this past season, uh, not following the protocols when they had them. So I don't want to get too much into that, but I, I think both sides, there was some tension there and that happens in the workplace. So possibility comes back. Yes. But when you're investing money in, in upgrading your line, adding a guy like Von Miller, adding someone on the offensive line, re-signing Isaiah McKenzie, uh, to a two-year deal, that was all. That's also a big uh, move in terms of Cole Beasley and the role that uh, he he plays here in Buffalo. I, I think that Isaiah McKenzie can take on that role to a you know a, a pretty successful. I'm not saying he's going to be Beasley 2.0. We know he's great against man. We'll see about zone, but there's a lot of factors that tell me a, a reunion's just not going to happen. So Von Miller last season, let's go back to Von. I know people are kind of waiting for OJ Howard. We'll, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute, but I want to spend some more time on Von. I'm taking a look at some of his advanced numbers over the last three seasons. Obviously spent half the year with Denver. He played 15 games this year, seven uh, regular season, seven with the Denver Broncos, eight with the, the LA Rams. Like I mentioned, he had nine and a half sacks. Pressures were 30. Uh, he had 30 pressures for the season, which would have led the, uh, the Bills, uh, this season. So, from that perspective, do you view this move as upgrade over Jerry Hughes, or do you think Von Miller brings multiple di- uh, dimensions to this defensive line? How do you kind of v- visualize it working in your head? I, I visualize the Bills getting more sacks at the end of the day. Okay. Listen, they they had pressures. Pressures was not an issue, and, and I know that – their stat total is even a little eye-popping when you see it compared to the rest of the league. But it felt like in the big moments, in those big games, they couldn't get to the quarterback. And, and I get it. A lot of quarterbacks get rid of the ball very quickly. Von Miller is a guy that can can get there still in, in the matter of a second or two. That he, he still has that pass rush arsenal. I look at it from the, the viewpoint of, yes, he is not built like the young defensive ends on this roster. But there's something about his pass rush moves that he can – pass on to a Greg Rousseau and a Boogie Bashman and AJ Apinesa and help them uh, further develop their games. The Bills would have loved to have seen these young players all step up in their first and second years, respectively, of that trio last year. But this is not how it works in the NFL. These young pass rushers, especially those taken late in round one, early round two, middle round two, uh, whatever the case may be, they need some time to put everything together. The Bills are in this window now where they want to not only compete, but win a Super Bowl, and they need that difference maker. He can do that. He's uh, we, we saw last year them signing Emmanuel Sanders, someone that understands what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Von Miller understands what it takes to win a Super Bowl. He's coming off of a Super Bowl there. He obviously had another one early in his career. Uh, he's going to be someone that can kind of really help it in the locker room as well. So it's not just on the field, uh, but I do think he's going to help a lot in terms of the sack totals coming off the edge. Uh, he's also going to help in the locker room as well and with the development of these young pass rushers. Ed Oliver had 10 tackles for a loss last year. He was the he led the team for defensive linemen. Matt Milano had 15. He led the team. He was so Ed Oliver was second on the team and the most for any defensive lineman. Von Miller had 19 
tackles for a loss between the two teams last year. So this is a guy that could still get penetration. He could still cause chaos, disruption. And I think that he played 77% of the snaps for between the two teams last year. That's going to come down to probably 65, 68% with the Bills. And maybe they, maybe they do play him a little bit more. Who knows? But it, you have that option in Sean McDermott's defense. And I feel like you can almost preserve him in the regular season lean on those young guys and and that's why i don't think that they'll be afraid to continue to act, uh, attack the position whether it be in free agency like a shack lawson or is there any chance at a jerry hughes situation coming back or do you think this closes the door on jerry hughes the longer these veterans sit on the market the more realistic it, it a return comes i still think there's going to be a, a decent market for jerry hughes I think that it's very possible, though, that um, Mario Addison could be back in the fold. He could come back. He said on his Instagram live a few weeks ago, I'm, you know, something along the lines of I'm not sure Buffalo is going to let me go. He's obviously a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. But maybe he just Mm -hmm. feels like Buffalo wants him back in the fold. Maybe he wants to be here. He feels that they're on the cusp of something. Um, So we'll wait and see there. But, yeah, I'm not closing the door on any other veteran additions coming in. But like I said, at this point in time, the Bills can't really sit there and guarantee a roster spot, not even to Addison, who was still semi-productive last year, or a Shaq Lawson. It's your, if we sign you, you're coming in here, you're competing for a job. And that's got to be exciting if you're a Bills fan. That's got to be really exciting if you're Brandon Bean and you're able to bring in veterans like that who have had success in their uh, respective NFL careers and, and just say, Hey, may the best man win the deal itself. Uh, just so everybody knows, because I think that that was a bit of a eye popping number at first for 33 year old going to his 11th season, Von Miller, a six year, $120 million deal. Um, there's 51.435 million guaranteed per Josina Anderson. And so, you know, you, you got to take you basically right off the top, 40% of that is is guaranteed. And so this this is a contract that, you know, Brandon Bean tends to not get himself into trouble when it comes to structuring these things and putting these these deals together. This is something that I feel like the Bills can see how this works for the next couple of seasons and then kind of navigate from there. Uh, and who knows? I mean, Von Miller's going into his 10th season or his 11th season. Maybe he wants to play two more years and then retire. And, you know, who knows how this thing could go. But as of right now, and with the cap ballooning in, in a couple of years, I didn't think that the, it would be done. Brandon Bean has been so careful with the money that he spent. And, and I was really, I, I if you would have told me this deal was coming, predicting this at, at three o'clock today, I would have said, I don't see it happening. But listen, this is a, let me push all of my chips into the center of the table. I have Josh Allen, who is the hottest quarterback in the NFL going into 2022. Let's do it. And oh, by the way, this little extra piece of fun, it, we're probably looking at Bill's Rams week one, a trip out to L.A. Maybe you should start uh, uh, checking your schedule there, Mr. Talbot. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a uh, foregone conclusion at this point. I know there was some talk after the Russell Wilson trade that Denver was going to skyrocket up there, and I get that. But now you have Von Miller, who is on the Super Bowl winning Rams, going back and in, in playing that team is going to be the – ring ceremony so what better you know have von miller there for that as a member of the bills have the the marquee matchup of josh allen versus that defense and the super bowl champions going against the bills perhaps a a super bowl preview for this season as well 
So I, I'd be shocked if that was not the case. I, I don't think that Brandon Bean made this move based on what was going on elsewhere in the conference. But at the same time, I'm sure he wasn't thrilled seeing the AFC West getting that much stronger and some other teams making moves to kind of uh, close the gap maybe on, on what he thought, where he thought the bills were. So this is one of those moves where he's kind of stretching out that gap again in the AFC East. He's stretching out the gap among the true contenders in this conference. And it puts the bills right back where they were before free agency in terms of, I believe they were the, the, they have the second best odds for being, uh, being Super Bowl champions. I think slightly behind the chiefs. Now, if they're still second, if not, they're neck and neck. They might have the same odds when the next ones come out. So this move really does kind of uh, put them or skyrocket them into that Super Bowl conversation that they were already kind of in before the start of this crazy, crazy free agency period. I think it was uh, Mick Foley. Uh, back in the day, the WWE. I, I like throwing in WWE reference every once in a while, Ryan. It gets you, get you going. I know Steve Austin's coming back for WrestleMania. That got, that got me going when I watched my first WrestleMania in, I think, like seven years or something. Mick Foley used to do the thing where he'd go to the arena, right, and he would he'd say, uh, it's great to be back in Buffalo, New York, right? Get the cheap pop you know, from oh, the yeah. crowd. I was, I always got a kick out of that, and this might seem like a little bit of that, but, man, I'm happy for Bills fans, man. Like, this is a super cool day. Like I was talking about it on Twitter. I tweeted out, I think this is the biggest move in franchise history, getting a free agent move, getting Von Miller. I think you can make the argument for Mario Williams, where he was in his career and what it, um, you know, the saga that it was a couple days of the uh, back and forth. Will he, won't he? Uh, and then finally him signing in that big moment, like to get a big pass rusher at the time. But that was a different team. This was, that was a team that was just trying to get back to being a playoff team. This is a team that this could be a move that puts them over the top to win a Super Bowl. And I bring up how happy I am for Bills fans to have this moment because uh, it's just a really cool uh, day for Buffalo. Um, yeah, this is a huge day for Buffalo Bills fans. I remember the excitement of the Mario watch and, and the, the pizza company dropping off the pizza that said, like, sign or they had some kind of message written in pepperoni. That was a big day, but that Bills roster was not competitive. It was not where it needed to be. You have the quarterback here. You have two really good offensive tackles. You have a star at wide receiver. You have an emerging tight end that had the best season to date. Cornerback number one, some good linebackers, an edge rusher now. And, oh, yeah, by the way, maybe the best safety duo in the league. So, the beat goes on. There's a lot of reasons if you're to be a Bills fan right now to be extremely excited about what could happen this year and over the next few years. So let's get into OJ Howard. This was a move. It was. It's almost like, in a way, for a lot of Bills mafia that had their sights set on Rob Gronkowski, this was almost like the consolation prize if you can get him. Listen. There's a lot of upside here with O.J. Howard. I mean, he comes in here as a true understudy for Dawson Knox. I think he could do a lot of the same things that Dawson Knox does. If you're in a situation where Knox get hurt, gets hurt, you bring him in and he could probably, you know, you know, get you through. And who knows? Maybe this is the the move to an offense that unlocks his potential. I mean, we've seen what Rob Boris, the Bills tight ends coach, has done for Dawson Knox. Who knows? what he can maybe do for O.J. Howard getting a chance to work with him. This is another big-time, athletic, quick, 
Uh, I haven't watched him in a couple of years, but I, I seem to remember an ability to separate uh, as a tight end. He just, he's more in that athletic Dawson Knox, Evan Ingram uh, bucket than maybe even Rob Gronkowski is because Gronkowski wins a lot with, of course he's quick and he can get separation, but his physicality, he's a good blocker. This is a guy that I almost feel like is a one B to Dawson Knox and they get him at a pretty good value. Yeah. Listen, he, he came into this league first two years, 11 touchdowns total between rookie year, second season. And, and then he kind of got pushed back a little bit, lost in the shuffle. Uh, the last few years of Tom Brady there, obviously Brady's going to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. He loves targeting his running backs. It didn't leave a lot for OJ Howard. So the last few years have been pretty disappointing stat wise. If you're OJ Howard, at least. Uh, but the potential is there. The athleticism is there. Uh, in, in the news article that we published on Syracuse.com, NYUp.com, uh, I put his – it's it's from a site called Mock Draftable. It shows their web, uh, their athleticism pretty much, how they test compared to other tight ends. And it, his is a, a pretty impressive chart. So the athleticism is there. He's just like Dawson Knox where he can create a lot of mismatches. And, oh, by the way, early in his career – when he's been very successful, and even as of late, it's been in that in the slot. It's been a, it is an inline type of guy. So they don't have to necessarily run the two tight end sets. He could be a big slot for this team. A, a term that was being used a lot for Evan Ingram when he was about to you know hit free agency. Uh, so I think you can do the same with OJ Howard. There's a lot of ways that the Bills can utilize him, uh, and I'm excited to see how they utilize him in this one season. It's a lot of craziness, and we've been writing a lot of stuff. Have you seen an updated projection on where the cap is sitting now for the Bills? I have not, no, just because um, you know they're obviously restructuring some deals today, and then yeah. they announce uh, then they announce Von Miller, and they announce O.J. Howard, and, and there's still moves to come here officially coming up here sooner rather than later, I'm sure. So uh, I'm interested to see where it's at, how they're going to make this work. But that's the beauty of the salary cap. We've been saying that about teams like the Saints for a decade plus, and they always make it work. They always come in under the cap. Uh, and, you know, they're one of the four teams that are in the mix for uh, Deshaun Watson. So you can always manipulate the cap. You can always move that money around. Uh, the, the bills are going to be OK. Where does where do things go from here for you? Um, obviously the bill, you know, they went at the interior, the defensive line, they got themselves an offensive lineman. They, they tendered, uh, a restricted free agent, Ryan Bates. So the expectation is he probably makes his way back. I don't know if somebody's going to give him 2 million. We'll see, uh, if the, how that ends up working out, but they obviously address the defensive line in a big way. Where do you kind of look next? Is it the cornerback spot in free agency? Is it the backup quarterback spot? Where, where are you kind of more offensive line work? What do you think the Bills are going to do next? Yeah, I, I was asked yesterday what was next for the Bills, and I said edge rusher, I said tight end two, and I said backup quarterback. So backup quarterback is where I think they go next. And listen, you know, I'm not saying the market is dwindling, but options keep falling off the board. I thought Kyle Allen, Allen was a really good fit for this team. Uh, he signs today. Uh, so that's one more name. And I know a lot of fans are are hopeful that Ryan Fitzpatrick signs. You know, some of these veterans with a with a proven track record are getting some decent money. I'm not sure the Bills have that to necessarily throw around, depending on what Fitzpatrick's looking for. Now, if Ryan Fitzpatrick simply wants to right off into the sunset with, as a member of the Bills. He's made a lot of money in his career. Maybe he, he takes a little 
uh, hometown, you know, I say hometown discount because he loves the Bills so much, shows up to the playoff games, goes shirtless. Uh, so I, I will say hometown dis- <laughs> discount. So maybe he takes one and, he, and he's willing to sacrifice some money that he could have gotten elsewhere to compete for the Super Bowl. And, and more importantly, probably to him, return to the franchise that he loves more than any other in this league. I want to talk about cornerback uh, because I think it's it's something like how they approach it. I, I'm very interested to talk about how I see them doing that. But before I do, can we just sprinkle a little water on the the Julio Jones fire that Nate Geary started today? <laughs> Somebody just asked that in the chat. Like, what do you guys think about Julio Jones? I'm a big fat no on on Julio Jones. I for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think that the the, the player is diminished a bit. Obviously, the health concerns, being able to stay on the field, that's that's an issue. In my eyes, like a, a Julio Jones, he comes in here and just takes reps away from like a Gabriel Davis. And I, listen, I know we talked about whether or not that's something that's a problem. I mean, Gabriel Davis has done a good job at shining in the opportunities he's been given. But I think he's ready for a bigger role. And I think bringing in a Julio Jones kind of uh, douses those flames a little bit. And I don't know if they're about a player that's going to come in here and be worth it and and be available and still have – you know, at least, uh, you know, 80% of what they were. I, I, I have a question, Ryan, if Julio Jones is 80% the person that he was, the player that he was. Yeah, and that's fair to say. He's coming off of a season where he had career lows in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. So it's fair to question that. He played in 10 regular season games, I, I believe. I remember him playing in the Bills game, kind of pulling up lame at one point. It's been hamstrings. It's been injuries with him right. for, you know, I think lower body for the most part. Uh, later on in his career here. So there, there's definite concern. So kind of cool to see Isaiah McKenzie making a recruiting pitch on social media. <laughs> Obviously, some people are remembering what Julio Jones was at one point in his career. So when you see that name out there, it's exciting. But listen, the, the Titans are essentially gave up on him after one year where they traded picks for him, where he was he had a high salary. The writing's on kind of on the wall where they don't think he's the player that he once was or that he's even going to be uh, th- that factor necessarily opposite a guy like A.J. Brown. So maybe he proves everyone wrong. I, I don't see him necessarily being a superstar anymore, uh, and I'm not sure that he fits into this offense unless it was an extremely team-friendly deal. Let's get to cornerback uh, before we wrap this thing up. Let's talk about the cornerback outlook. Addressing this position in free agency is important. There's a there's a serious hole there. Like D- Dane Jackson, I, I like everything that he brings as a player, but right now he's he's kind of going into next season with the roster the way it is as cornerback one because you can't bank on Tre'Davious White being ready to go by week one. Maybe he will be, but I don't think you can bank on that. So you have to kind of address this position. Interestingly enough, uh fan uh, sent me a Joseph Luke. Uh, he's uh, over on Twitter. He's always sends me a lot of stuff on in my DMS. He was watching Patrick Peterson was on um, NFL network and he had mentioned uh, how much he enjoys watching Stefan Diggs. And, you know, we've heard all these different players talk about, you know, Roger Saffold this week, talk about his relationship with Diggs. You know, Patrick Peterson spent this past season in Minnesota. Maybe he's, you know, talk some people that still are familiar uh, with Diggs. You know, Buffalo is a, is a location players want to go now. And I don't know how much Patrick Peterson has left. I did read a little bit going into free agency about how, you know, some analysts think that he still does have something left in the take, especially on a, a, a not that huge role where you're asking him to be cornerback one. So maybe bring in a Patrick Peterson type. There's a bunch of other free agencies, free agents still out there. And then I mentioned it in the tweet yesterday, Ryan, all the holes are filled. 
Brandon Bean, if he really wants to go get a, a cornerback in this draft, if he thinks Sauce Gardner is a guy that can come in here, be a scheme fit, and I don't know if he is. I, I don't know enough about the class yet to really make that assumption. But, you know, he's him and Stingley, Derek Stingley, are two of the guys that people are talking about, two, top two corners in this league. If you got to get up into the top 10 and you got to send a couple picks and maybe a future second or third, whatever it costs, maybe you throw in an A.J. Epinesa, maybe you throw in a Zach Moss for a team that likes him, whatever the case may be. I think you're in a position to do that this year because of all the holes you've built and the fact that you're going really, really in in this draft. And I don't think you can – you're not going to be able to roster all of those draft picks. No, absolutely not. And you mentioned Patrick Peterson. I don't think Xavier Rhodes signed anywhere yet. If, it, if he did, I apologize. But uh, a lot of Bill's news today, so I didn't get to keep and see if he did go anywhere yet. A.J. Boye, someone that's played with John Butler, maybe not in that same tier as the players that I just mentioned, but someone that uh, might be a good fit at least for this team. There's veteran options that you can bring in to kind of protect yourself, to compete for that cornerback number two job or or to in week one week two if Trey White's not back to kind of have out there opposite Dane Jackson and then in the draft like you said maybe, maybe it's not a big splash to move into the top 10 but maybe it's to move up five spots to pick you know or, or around 20 or in the late teens uh, if you're worried that a Roger McCreary could be gone if you're worried that one of these guys that you really like is going to be gone, then yeah, do what you need to do to move up five to seven picks. Get your guy, because like you said, there's very limited holes uh, on, on this roster. So there's a lot of directions they can go. Uh, there, there's even, a, I'm not going to go to this too deep into this yet, Matt, but there's this puncher in the draft that people are talking about being a, a really early day three pick. Some have even projected day two. If the Bills want to go wild, the punt god, Matt Ariza. Maybe, maybe the Bills will say, hey, you know what? We brought back Hawk, but we don't think that he's the guy. You could draft him. Obviously, there's another punter that's uh, hitting the market here. Uh, Hecker, which I, I don't know if he's already committed anywhere yet, but I saw that he's going to be out there. So mm-hmm. the Bills have options there, too, but they can do anything in this draft class. Here's the thing. Here's my final. Th- I, I've given this a lot of thought over the last couple of weeks. Scott gave me some time to really think about this. He, he introduced it late December. I am out on paying a running back more than $5 million in any scenario. I don't care if it's Saquon Barkley. I don't care if it's Christian McCaffrey. Listen, Christian McCaffrey in this offense, from a football standpoint, Scott, makes total sense. Out at that number. Out. Out at giving up draft capital for a running back. Out. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, You know, there's a reason why teams are successful finding these guys in the middle rounds of drafts, finding some undrafted free agent gems. Uh, drafting rookies and getting the best out of them in those rookie deals. And then sometimes letting them go on the greener patches, not letting them, you know, not having them break the bank for your team, because that's just not the way it works in today's NFL. Uh, you can't be over committing to the, to the running back position. This is a passing league. It's a league where you need a quarterback as good as some of these running backs are. Uh, I, I'm sure there's teams having second thoughts, Carolina probably having second thoughts on the contract that they gave, McCaffrey and, and then obviously Dallas uh, probably regretting the deal they gave Ezekiel Elliott. Just the list goes on and on. Very rarely do those big contracts ever even come close to paying off for the, both the team and the player. Trying to catch up on uh, everything that's going down uh, 
in the league and around this these huge uh, this huge night of signings for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Von Miller getting OJ Howard. I know it's obviously not on the same level, but um, definitely interesting moves to get Bills fans excited, talking about what's going on with this team. If you're hosting a large party uh, this week, this weekend, check out Topps' huge selection. Uh, they have party platters for delicious, effortless, affordable, no stress ways to impress all of your friends and family. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com. All right, Ryan Talbot, final thought here. Final thought, you know, Bill's Mafia. I know Brandon Bean said no big moves, but once again, he, he comes out and surprises in the best way possible. This is an exciting time, but obviously, it, it, you know, what matters most is what starts in September. Uh, so exciting time now. But think about where this team has been the last two years with the actual playing on the field and then visualize the Von Millers and these defensive tackles and Roger Saffold. As exciting as it is now, it's going to be that much more exciting a few months from now when we actually get to see them in Bill's uniforms and playing in games that actually matter. I got some good news for you, Bill's Mafia. The Shout Buffalo Football Podcast is not going to pull a J.D. McKissick and change our mind. Mm -hmm. We are going to be back at least one more time this week to discuss all the Bills free agency news, news around the AFC East, the AFC, the NFL. We will cover it all. We will have at least one more show this week. And make sure you check it out tomorrow afternoon. I'll be back on Spaces. I promise the Twitter fam we we get back after it. So, yeah, great stuff. We'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Take care. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.